1: This week, my guest is one of my best friends, Mallory Davis. Me and Mallory met at one of my comedy shows at Hyenas a couple years back, and she asked me about starting to do stand-up. Six months later, she did her first open mic at Hyenas. She has been doing comedy as much as she can. As a solo parent, it can be hard to find time to do stand-up and be a mom. But she is super funny and talented, so if you do see her on any flyers, be sure to check out her show. In this episode, we talk about comedy, trying to start over during a pandemic, and her fear of monsters under the bed in her 30s. So let's all get under some covers and listen to my interview with Mallory Davis. All right, we're here with my friend Mallory Davis. Mallory, thanks for doing this. Welcome. Mallory is my one of my best friends, and Mm -hmm. she's also a new comic in the Dallas comedy scene. Yeah, and she is an amazing human being. I just I love talking to her because of her honesty. And Mm -hmm. so, Mallory, Mm -hmm. how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing fine. Uh, I've been hanging out with you. You've uh, plied me with plenty of your wine, so I feel like I'll be wide open to all my fears, which may be one, two. Twenty episodes, whatever. I'll be a frequent guest if you just keep giving me this wine subscription.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sold. Mallory is one of my good friends. She's worked in the service industry. She's actually, because of the COVID nineteen, deciding to at this point make a career change to kind of cannot go back to that lifestyle to kind of get a regular nine to five.
0: (laughs) I like how you call it regular. Like that is also part of the biggest problem with being in the service industry is. You know how hard it is, but there's still that little voice inside of you because of everyone else outside of you that speaks the same uh, kind of critical language. It's that it's not a real job. And I don't think that you're telling me that my job wasn't a real job, but, oh, man, I learned so many things, and I did enjoy it, <laughs> and I hated it all at the same time. And I'd ugly cry certain nights and then, you know, be drunk and feeling so close to other people that I worked with other nights. <laughs> but... Yeah, once COVID happens and coronavirus shut down, all oh, the restaurants. Uh, I just, feel like now's the time. Just, just don't absolutely. look back because I, I've been wanting to get away from it for so long, mm-hmm. and now's the perfect opportunity. And you know, of course, I'm choosing a wrong time because everyone I don't think else you're choosing wants a wrong to. time. But well, sure, so many other service industry people want to do the same thing. True, and this is what I had been trying to do all along. It's just that. You know, sometimes it takes a virus, some catastrophic event to knock a person out of the service industry because it's a weird culture. It just drags you in. Mm -hmm. It's so good one moment and so bad
1: another. And also because you're a mom, Mm -hmm. I get that you you want to have that consistent time frame so that you can be more available to your child instead of having to be available from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. one day and then another day oh i can't be available i have to work
0: well truly like the where i had been was i had a set schedule so i just kept telling myself one of the many excuses i had to stay in the service industry was that i was providing for my child with this great income but also i could get off anytime a school party was happening and you can't do that with a lot of other office jobs And honestly, it just, any complaints you could have over your office job, I would have over my quote-unquote waitress job.
1: I think it's a valid industry. I just think sometimes there's a, because you're working days one day and then nights uh, one day the next. That That's yeah. what I mean, consistency. I mm. don't mean that. Yeah,
0: but some places you can find where you mm-hmm. know, Monday, I'm working. Tuesday night, I'm working. Yeah. And then you work your life yeah. around it. Correct. You know?
1: So. I just thought maybe with it being 9 to 5, mm. Monday through Friday, every day is the same. Every day ends with you at 5 p.m. driving home.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I dealt with plenty of commuter traffic in the mm-hmm. afternoon, but not on the day or so. Yeah. That's all in what you're used to. And I think it's, it's um easy to explain when you're in it yourself. But yeah. for outsiders, it's hard. I'm sure. So I was definitely, and the place I worked at was totally a cult. So. It was not chilies, it was not, it was just a lot of rich people and rules. And um, my little uniform, mm-hmm. <laughs> four months later, still hanging in the laundry room, ready mm-hmm. to be worn or something.
1: I just think of a Chili's colt now.
0: Oh, it was, it was chilies for rich people. That's what I was. And my flair was my lipstick and my earrings because you were not allowed on the floor. But you know what, that's a different fear. That's not what we're gonna talk about tonight. My fear of whether or not I brought buttermilk garlic or wore the right shade of salmon lipstick. That's a different episode today. We're going to talk about something. Well, that's what works for me because I have very yellow tint to my skin. I look like a Homer Simpson baby.
1: Okay. Fair enough.
0: You're like the pink crayon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I am very, very burnt cyan feeling right now. Yeah. Because of the walking in the sun. But you're also an amazing gardener. I also Uh, want to throw that out there. If you... You should post some of the pictures of your garden. I know.
0: I keep saying that I'm going to.
1: Because you throw so much shade on on friends of ours, like Robert Chapa.
0: (sighs) Gardening's made me so petty, and it's because I work so hard, and it's exhausting, and I don't know why I don't brag about it. It's because, well, one, I'm too busy out there anyways, and by the time I think about taking pictures, the sun's gone down, or it's midday, and it's too bright. Gardening, yeah. I mean, so many people should just take advantage of gardening. I and mean, can, I don't know. It, 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 it's just so tough because you think that you're not doing anything special because surely everyone is baking during COVID and everyone is gardening during COVID. But then you see other people's quote unquote baking, what? quote unquote gardening. Shots fired. <laughs> yeah. that's it's fired. not the same. It's like, oh, no, every single plant I have right now is taller than me and I'm 5'5". Five, five. How tall are you? 5'7".
1: According to my Are license. you? <laughs> <laughs> I literally brush the underside mm-hmm. of the seven. Like, it's literally, okay. like, it's right, it's, like, right there.
0: Well, then my sandals must be 5'8". eight. <laughs> anyway. I like how,
1: how, before we even started this podcast, we had a long discussion about little man syndrome, and she just... Immediately starts trying to hint that I have little man syndrome. No,
0: you don't. You're the kindest person I know. I just think that you're like you've never seen me at a gas.
1: You've never seen me walk into a gas station because yeah. I will, like, as the because I have the police. They do, and you I would just, notice that.
0: Wouldn't I, you? I literally
1: <laughs> make sure that they know that I am five seven. If by chance some crime has, if. if I'm not the guilty part. Yeah, right. I want I want the camera to know.
0: Yeah, right. There was a, there was clearly a 5'8 person who saved me in the Dorito aisle.
1: <laughs> he looked 5'7, but when he walked in, he was definitely 5'8. <laughs> That's what I want to have happen.
0: This isn't a gardening podcast. It though. is not. I could go on and on about bugs.
1: Yes, you could because you've and made I'm it And I'm not submissive. scared
0: of them. I'm not, I know this is a fear podcast, but I'm not scared of them. I have like a bitter vengeance against them. I've mm-hmm. taken off shoes to swat them. I will sit out there with a yardstick.
1: I know I about problems. your squash with your squash yeah, boring. See,
0: I don't even have to say what plan I'm talking about. You already know. Anybody who knows me knows. I'm out there for you, squash vine burrows.
1: So squash vine burrows beware that listen mm-hmm. to this podcast. If, <laughs> yeah. if if you do listen to this podcast, <laughs> please tell your squash vine boring friends well, yeah. to check us out. <laughs> I, will, I would love to be the number one podcast in the squash vine boring community.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're definitely pretty. They're pretty flamboyant. They're more bougie of the bugs.
1: Bougie? <laughs> I've never heard a bug described uh, as bougie. They
0: don't care. I'm right there, and they just come out. Anyway.
1: They see your yardstick, they see the angry <laughs> expression, and they, they don't still care. taunt you.
0: Yeah, they do. They lay their little eggs, put their little butt on my squash.
1: So since you dabble in comedy, how do you feel as a newcomer in, in the comedy scene? How has comedy, what does comedy feel like to you?
0: It feels really, really hard. But when you're able to speak your mind or little things that you found funny in this sort of atmosphere and it does occasionally get a laugh or at least it gets a thought and a comment, that's so great because yeah, sometimes there's certain things you can't just talk about at a cocktail party. You can't talk about, you know, something you went through in middle school with your college friends, or I don't want to divulge too much into my (laughs) current material, but yeah, no, there's just interesting takes on things that you don't feel comfortable talking about in a quote-unquote normal atmosphere, but when you're on stage, you somehow feel like, even though the risk is greater, now's my time. Mm-hmm. So it's scary. It's absolutely terrifying. And for so long, I would just shake afterwards. But I finally started to get some recognition or like some laughter. And that, that's worth it. That's worth everything. And when I first started, I had no idea. But when I'd get off work as a server, it was late. There was not a lot of things open, but I wasn't ready to go home. I would frequent a bar near my home, and it just got real boring because it was always the same people. And I decided, why don't I check out this open mic? Why don't mm-hmm. I check out?
1: Do you know what open mic it was?
0: Well, it was mostly Thursdays where it was a free show. It was it was really Wednesday at Hyenas in Dallas. Okay, and then which is an open mic. Yes, and then Thursday night at Hyenas in Dallas, there's a free comedy show. So just. The same show I used to pay for or like wait for a Groupon for, I could see for free. So I would end my shift and I'd go and I'd see an open mic or maybe I'd see a free show. And it was a lot of fun. And I just thought, okay, if I'm going to end my night talking to strangers at a bar, I might as well talk to like minded people at this bar. Bar because the drinks were just as cheap. So, seriously, people like check out open mics around in your area because the drinks are on special, just like any other bar. But the people that you're talking to, to me, have like at least some sort of brain cell going on because you have to really think on social commentary and you have to have a personality. And just I found that comedians were much more interesting to talk to at the end of my shift than. The people at my local bar. So I started going, met people, formed relationships, and then I was just like drugged onto the stage and told to do comedy, try it. <laughs> well, what's the worst that could happen?
1: What was the worst that could happen?
0: Oh, the worst could happen is just nothing. <laughs> nothing could happen. And I, I swear I had like a brownout, as they call mm. it, um, when I went up. I had written some things down. But I wasn't sure of anything I was saying. And I just remember uh, being up there making a joke and going, oh, uh, another thing I thought was funny was this. Um, Another thing I thought was funny was this. And people probably thought it was part of my bit, but it wasn't. It was just me panicking mm-hmm. and then a tizzy. But, you know, it, it went well for someone who was completely unexpected or who you was were- completely unexpected to go up there, who was unprepared but had overthought it every waking Mm -hmm. moment it went really well the the third fourth time was not
1: and that's what i told too is like you're in my mind when i started comedy i'm still chasing the rush Mm. of that first night that sheer panic that sheer panic fire of doing it for my first time. with Well, n- that's
0: you on your own because I don't want to be panicked. I don't want to feel like I, understand I was being that. forced
1: but it, the but, whole time. But the whole rush afterwards, like that whole like, my like,
0: <laughs> I just did this. Yeah, no, I was literally that, shaking the yeah. whole time. I remember I would not allow you to approach me for two to three minutes after mm-hmm. a set because I was process. vibrating like yeah. a chihuahua.
1: And you have to. Everybody processes it differently, but I'm chasing that post set yeah. feeling of my first time, that thrill, that what did I just do? You
0: know, it's got to be like skydiving or something. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some fear chasing there.
1: Yeah, and when you go up your second or third time, like you you're, you're now have expectations of how it's going to go, and then when it doesn't meet set expectations, that's when you realize, oh. <laughs> this is way harder. Huh. You you, you actually have thoughts and heart and soul into it instead of just doing it. And it becomes such a such a challenge because now you have all these. I want this thing I say now. Yeah. To get a laugh. And it's not.
0: Well, it becomes personal after a certain time. Like before it was you can make an excuse of. Well, this was just my first time. Or, well, my, just my friends made me do it. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, hey, wait a minute. I really thought on this. And this is something that was personal and I thought was funny or got me a laugh before. It takes a lot
1: of work. But what you did is you attacked everything with such a passion.
0: I mean, what's funny is all these things that made me respect comedians beforehand, I suddenly threw out the window and forgot about when it became me in yes. the spotlight, like it does take work it does take someone smart it does take someone brave and then when it became me i was like i forgot that oh yeah there's gonna be work (laughs) involved in this yeah but you know what COVID came and now Mm -hmm. i can just lay back (laughs) and pretend i don't have a career because coronavirus
1: i'm in transition with my life right now (laughs)
0: yeah i have just all these other things
1: you're as an animal you're like a caterpillar that's just been in a cocoon I'm <laughs> waiting to sprout as yeah. a completely financially stable butterfly. So, since we do have a podcast about fears, Yeah. What fear did you want to talk about?
0: Well, the one that is most prevalent in my life is covering my feet at night. Okay. I am still afraid of monsters under the bed. I don't even know if I would call it monsters. Mm-hmm. Just something's there that yeah. I cannot see. Really? Yes. Yeah. To the extent of my most recent bed frame mm-hmm. that I bought, has installed uh, drawers underneath, which is just practical. Yeah. It has four drawers underneath. I can't <laughs>
1: squeeze the monster IKEA, out. You're not going to give the monster any kind of space to attack yeah. you. <laughs> just come down to the bed he's just completely just completely squished in between two drawers come on
0: yeah no if he wants
1: open the drawer pull it out of the hinges and then let me free
0: technically he could still get me if he went in between all sets of drawers and then out the back and then grab my face that I'm just now thinking. So thank you. No, so my bed frame it has no space underneath. It mm-hmm. has built-in drawers and this built-in headboard with shelves. So there's no way for any empty space. But before that, any empty space it was a problem for me. I could not, I could not sleep with my feet uncovered. Doesn't matter how hot it is. Every it's just so strange. Every other part of my body can be out from under mm-hmm. the covers. But my feet have to be covered because I'm convinced that the monster under my bed, whatever is living under there, will see my feet and it will see it as an opportunity to grab it. It will just slowly reach its arm from underneath and it'll grab my feet. And they're big, size 10 women. So (laughs) it'll see it and it'll grab my foot and it'll pull me underneath. So that's what I'm afraid Every of. Every
1: monster has a foot fetish, is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you can li- you can leave your hand dangling over the, the edge oh, of the I bed. Oh, I don't
0: do that either. Like I'd, I like to keep my back mm-hmm. to the, the back of the room. I don't like to turn. I, I keep my face to the center of the room. I keep my back to the wall. So I don't necessarily keep my mattress or my, mm-hmm. my bed frame shoved into a corner. But I will keep my my face mm-hmm. turned to the opening of the room, whether it's going to be a burglar that comes in or a monster from under my bed. But I tried to keep myself as invulnerable as possible, and I I think this stems from like I don't know how to react if well mm-hmm. one I sure this childhood. Nightmares come to life that have never left me, but also like if someone came, mm-hmm. broke into my house, I want to keep myself like aware of it. But I just play dead. I play possum. My flight response, flight possum.
1: Mm-hmm. See so your fear fight or
0: crochet response. You're like start crochet. a hobby. Like you know, COVID. Some people's fear response has been start a hobby or a podcast. <laughs> but. Uh, Anyway, I like to turn my body to the room, and there have been s- times where I've woken up so convinced there's someone in my room, and what did I do? I laid still. I was either going to hope they didn't see that I was awake, and they'd steal what they wanted to, and then disappear,
1: mm-hmm. you and should we just, didn't
0: talk about it.
1: You should just use your savage comments and just cross your arms <laughs> like you do with me. Oh, you just go ahead, Mr. Burger, man. <laughs> Let me just psychoanalyze you. <laughs> Oh, you have mommy issues. Oh, Are you saying so- I'm
0: judgmental?
1: Yes. Oh, <laughs> is,
0: it, is it because I had something to comment on even the microphone covers that we chose today? <laughs>
1: You have a comment on everything. I, I, I like how you just want to say it's only on specific items that I have. But my, but my whole lifestyle has come under fire well, since per- I have met you.
0: Well, apparently I have nothing to say when someone surprises me at night. I won't even... When I was younger, my cousin told me that if you say Bloody Mary mm-hmm. in the mirror three times in a dark bathroom, you say Bloody Mary while looking at the mirror, she'll appear. And to this day, you believe it. I'm 33. I will not challenge it. I don't make direct eye contact with my image in the mirror when I'm in there just grabbing a quick drink. I don't look at the mirror. I'll turn on a light not to be in a dark room with the bathroom. I, I just I don't like mirrors when it's dark. I don't like dark water. I don't, oh, I don't like dark water. I don't like putting my feet where I can't see through it. I just don't like not knowing so i cover my feet i'm convinced that there's something living underneath my bed and when he sees my feet that he'll pull me underneath so i just sleep with it and it didn't help that like somewhere in middle school or high school i watched this movie with Anne hathaway i don't know they're mormons on a mission <laughs> don't laugh they're mormons on a mission and he's in some third world country and he goes to bed and they told him wear socks when you sleep and he did it and guess what rats ate the bottoms of his feet in the night because they were open and they were aware and
1: you would think that after the first bite you would wake up
0: but they didn't apparently like, rats like, what are, kind of what apparent, kind of, pace of apparently rats are very gentle and subtle <laughs> I mean, how else can they eat the bottoms of your feet and you don't know? So now I have that piled onto my fear. Those rats I didn't know lived in my home. were there. I'm just, I don't know about the supernatural and mm-hmm. I don't know about the afterlife and I'm not fucking with it, okay? I don't play Ouija boards. I don't walk down dark hallways. I run to my bed and I jump. I'm 33 years old and I jump into bed.
1: So what is your earliest memory of this happening? Like, when do you feel like this started? Like, what do you think is the catalyst?
0: You know, it might've been when I was a third grader already with a size eight foot, (laughs) but um,
1: (laughs) I'm serious. I just just like how you're self-conscious about your foot size (laughs) and that's that's a monster. Like, God, I wish I could find a woman with big feet. I know. It would, would just be the forbidden feast of kings.
0: I don't know. I had to start in childhood. I had a really awful stepdad that
1: mm-hmm. would torment
0: me. He thought it was funny to scare me. Um,
1: That's always fun. Yeah. Uh, this is going to work out great for me in therapy no. later.
0: Oh, but for sure, he liked to jump scare me. And then Mm -hmm. there was a night in particular I was thinking about before this podcast. And I forget what he had said to me before I went to bed, but it was something of warning about just, I don't know, watch out. And I went to bed and as any other kid does, so maybe this is where it starts, they think that if they just cover themselves with their sheets, they're not seen and they're safe. Because that's what I did this night when I saw things tapping on my window. And thing is, I was on the second floor. <laughs> so this was my stepdad, like on a ladder with a broom. And this is what I kept telling like how myself. How
1: hardcore are you about traumatizing a child that you would get on a ladder?
0: I don't know. And that's the thing is like, I wondered before this podcast, did he really do that? Did I imagine it? Did I... I don't know what really happened. This is what I remember. But now as a parent and then as an adult, I question did I just make it up in my head because I was scared because of his ominous warning. But I remember some spiky type thing banging on my window late at night and then I threw the sheet up over my head. And I don't put it past him To go that far is to get on a ladder and have a broomstick or whatever and torment the kid above me, but it is far-fetched. And you know what? If it wasn't him, what the hell was that? Because there was something banging on my window and there were no trees around me because it's California and everything's dead. Touche. So, yeah, no, I had a dad who would scare me in different ways. People tormenting me growing up, I had just the innate childish fear of something under the bed no one ever comforting me and i was just like i'm gonna take care of this myself and so that turns to a 33 year old who is turning off her lights at the door jam and running and jumping into bed so i beat the system ryan
1: (laughs) so as a mom how do you handle your child having those does does your daughter have those same
0: no actually
1: She's like, just bring it on, monsters! No, she's, out of bed. she's
0: so well adjusted. If anything, she's like, I can hear you watching TV and laughing out there.
1: You're you have a child that's just your mom, but
0: keep it down. I try <laughs> yeah. to sleep. Yeah, basically, my child is an 80 year old woman. She just um, she's fine. No, she makes me feel safer when she's there, mm-hmm. and then she never has complained about something in the closet. I don't know if it's because I loved her too much, but she feels fine. Okay. Um. I also have a drawer pulling system under her bed, so everybody's good. So no
1: monsters <laughs> can get your child or you?
0: No, we have drawers.
1: Modern Swedish <laughs> furniture is solving the problem of monsters under the bed.
0: Oh, it is. It's great. Did you
1: ever go under the bed as a kid?
0: I did. I During the day. So, during the day. So, so
1: during the day, it's a totally different animal than at night. So at darkness, they can just.
0: Yeah. Well, you can't see it. And I think that's really what I'm afraid of is not seeing. I don't like black water. I'm not going to mm-hmm. take a boat out at night and then jump in. Okay. I'm not going to. I have a bad feeling when I walk down a dark hallway. I can just feel that something's there. Okay. Something's watching. I don't mess around with Ouija boards. I don't. You didn't even walk
1: around dark? Anything that has dark in the title?
0: No, no. I don't walk down a. No, there's a light on all the time. I want to see what's happening. Mm-hmm. So during the day, I can go under my bed. And I remember as a kid, uh, I had a box spring mm-hmm. and I cut the cotton. <laughs> and I would crawl. I was small enough to crawl up inside my mm-hmm. box spring and I just hang out there. <laughs> I just hang out there inside my mattress and hide. I like hiding. Okay. <laughs> I like. I don't know how I cut it with my nails, with a razor blade. Probably with a
1: razor blade. You know what?
0: Someone would let. I was a child in the nineties. They would let me play with anything. <laughs> Probably had a razor blade. <laughs> slit my box spring matting, and I. I remember crawling up there and just hanging out and having a good time by myself, knowing no one could find me.
1: Can I offer can I offer something <laughs> that kinda of pokes holes in your theory? What? When you sleep, how much light can be in your room?
0: I have to go to sleep with absolutely no light.
1: So you're afraid of <laughs> darkness in every other situation yeah. except when you're laying in bed with your feet covered. You Unless
0: have have- it inconveniences me. <laughs> Because <laughs> I need to go to sleep with absolute darkness. You've seen me, oh, yeah, like, but that's, I completely. That's like, where, yeah. I, as
1: soon as you said, like, I don't like dark water or anything. I'm like, but you sleep in this like night abyss.
0: Yeah, no, I have to have my eyes covered. I need a sleep mask. I like, I, like a. And so, a for fan someone to be afraid of total noise.
1: darkness or can't be able to see, the only way you can sleep at night is if you can't see anything except darkness.
0: Ryan, I'm a modern woman with lots of variables
1: and layers. (laughs) Are you trying to say you're a contradiction? (laughs) I'm a contradiction.
0: No, I'm an enigma. I'm a mystery. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man, I don't like someone answering the door. Can't Mm -hmm. see who's behind the door on the other side. I hide like a little rabbit, scared. Doesn't matter Mm -hmm. how old I am. I don't have any guns in the house. I have like an old used fire hydrant. That's like an antique. Mm-hmm. I'll have that by the door, and I'll like grab that. Just an old fire hy- hydrant can.
1: So, does anyone else know your fear of you have to keep your feet?
0: Anyone covered? who sleeps with me for the first night is like, yeah, oh yeah, like no, a slumber party.
1: Was... You're like, you're immediately like, you just run and sprint into your little like sleeping bag. <laughs> no, what bed. it is like, like you just sack race from the from the hall. <laughs> you're just doing this the whole No, no one's gonna get me.
0: so that's how it goes like it doesn't really come up unless someone's sleeping next to me
1: it's like a relationship (laughs) test can you handle the fact that i believe that monsters are living under my bed right now well and and they and they have and they have heard us being in the bed together (laughs) and so i'm willing to sacrifice if you want to put your feet out from other covers cool i will i will tell your next of kin (laughs) i'll let them know that you died with honor We
0: got it well, and how selfish, I guess. It was like, I know the monsters have never been here before, but they know I'm here now, so they're going to grab me. They might not have grabbed you before, but since I'm here, we're both at risk.
1: So aside from taking your 10-second cardio to bed <laughs> of a wind sprint and then to dive in, yeah, what other ways do you handle this fear?
0: Oh, good old-fashioned socks and covering mm-hmm. it up with a sheet. Um, th- I the mean toes. there's no way to prevent things you don't know and that's what makes them scary because you don't know and you don't know if you've made it up, you don't know where it came from. It's just things you can't see. And so yeah. I guess that's what makes it that's scary the root there's of it. no there's nothing besides did. the bare basics of covering up and playing dead that I can think of. There's so many times where I've played dead thinking mm-hmm. I'm dying tonight and it was just the TV. I don't know what it was.
1: Or your child's floating unicorn head that she just has in her room. She
0: does. She has this giant rainbow unicorn head with sunglasses that have come off in the washer, I believe. But she has it on a hockey stick in the corner. So just floating in the corner of her bed so that way when she wakes up, there's this floating giant head at the foot of her bed and that's how secure she is. And I think- how well I've done as a mother that how this time kid.
1: You, how many times have you walked past it and you had to do like a double take because you've forgotten about it? Yeah. Or you just neglect it and you're like, what the hell no, is it? Her this?
0: her bedroom just is closed when she's <laughs> gone. But the I'm just saying when she's when she's all even when she's
1: there, like you're checking on her or something. No, that's like, what I'm
0: saying, right? I don't deal with it. <laughs> you just <laughs> I can't and there we go. Take it I away. Don't.
1: Take it away, floating unicorn head. I
0: Yeah, she fi- She thinks it's fine. She thinks it's funny that her mom is scared of it, and she's not. She'll keep it just to spite me.
1: You want to hear a terrifying story from my life about that?
0: Oh, God, what? Yes.
1: So my dad collects a lot of weird art. I don't know if I've show- shown you pictures. Oh, of-
0: speaking of weird art, carved Indian sculptures at the end of dark hallways in the 80s. What was that, guys? He still has a- who, who keeps... Sculptures at the end of a dark hallway. My father. Oh, my God. My grandma had one of those. This is already creepy.
1: I can pull up a photo of, uh-huh. of my dad's hallway back in his old house.
0: He just keeps sculptures at the end of his hallway?
1: Mm-hmm. Like, no. Uh, it's a Vishnu holding a stopwatch or a timepiece of some sort. It was more of the painting because my dad did a fantastic paint job of stripes down the walls and he collects a lot of weird art he loves all this weird stuff and so so this is my dad's hallway at his old house
0: and it doesn't help that it's striped it's like the shining
1: Mm -hmm. he but it took him forever to do that because it was so hard to align those stripes down different walls
0: well this just also looks like wallpaper why not just do wallpaper this looks like The Shining.
1: Mm-hmm. But my dad collects a lot of weird art. And so Which is
0: th- fine because that movie wasn't scary to me. So
1: in that same house, my dad had a room with two beds and a room with one bed that was full. So one night he put me in the room with two beds. He had gotten some wooden sculpture of a woman who is just laying like like Owen Mills with her feet.
0: She's just being suggestive and flirty like on a just, beach. Well,
1: there's... You know, like when you were when you were a kid, and you did the wagon wheel.
0: Uh huh.
1: <gasps> no, okay, no. but she's like she's doing this, and she's laying with her feet. Yeah, like oh, I know like that a, those. And Yeah, so, you're
0: laying on your stomach. You got your and, hands on your under your chin, all cute. And so and your I fell asleep. Or behind you
1: in the other bed, so uh-huh. he has this laying on one of the two beds in this two bed bedroom. And so I wake up, and there's a silhouette. Yeah. Just looking at you. And for a minute, I had to emotionally gather myself. Hey,
0: gorgeous. You want pancakes or waffles?
1: Like, what the (laughs) hell is in this room with me right now? Uh Is this mannequin body?
0: Yeah, no. Sculptures. Oh, and you, you know, you grow up and you, there's movies of those kind of things coming to life. That doesn't help. Toy Story. Never scared me, Toy
1: Story. So, Mallory, how do you live with the fact you can't put your feet? How, do you, how, if you had another person that's afraid of monsters, do you tell them, just run faster? Just Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: No, really. Like, I'm not going to tell you that it's not there because I would be a faker. I would be a liar. No, mm-hmm. I say so just you- jump higher, run faster. And how do I live? I'm just a girl who, you know, exists from head to ankle. <laughs> because my feet are completely protected by my sheets.
1: So there's no desire to try to, to not? No. Okay.
0: No, no, I don't need to sleep with one foot out and then test it. What's the point? If It's not gonna cause any time out of your day for me to make sure I have my little feet covered, my big little feet covered. No, I don't care. I've already if I'm fate, just
1: one night, just one night.
0: If I'm already in your bed, I've given you enough to allow me to be stupid for the next, you know, unconscious moments of the evening.
1: I'm very opposite you. When I was a kid, like I hated my parents made me make the bed so I would sleep on top of the bed.
0: Oh no! Mm-mm. With no covers. Nope. Oh god, that's making me nervous. Just as is. Because I, no. co- I love
1: I co- love I like cold sensations. So I no dip. just bare, mm-hmm. just
0: unsecured, open. No, I could never sleep with nothing. Okay. I've taken a nap before with like my torso covered, but I still need something on me. And okay. I've never been a big pacifier. Like as a kid, I never had a big I, I never had a pacifier problem. I never had a binky or a mm-hmm. blanket that I would tote around with me like Linus, but um I need something on me. I need okay. to be holding something touching something. Even on the couch. Still get you on the couch. See?
1: It would be like like you're just giving up at that point. Nothing's you're ever sleeping on the couch. You. Uh, Nothing's
0: ever touched you. I'm with sure the way a, you've slept.
1: Yeah, I, I've had my uncle had huge dogs, and the dog food would bring these large roaches around our house. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, they would on the ceiling, and then in the middle of the night, they would.
0: They land on you. That's some accent. precision.
1: Like, well, they just fell, and one of them happened to fall on my face, and. Yeah, you want to be you want to be standing up in your bed with adrenaline rush. Just have a roach. Just
0: yeah, well, it's still not monsters. That was a monster. That was like the weakest little slap they could give you. A little flutter of a slap.
1: Well, considering my life at this point, the older <laughs> I get, I'm like, what are you waiting for, monsters? At this point, like, <laughs> I, I am ready. Just bring it on. It can't be any worse.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not proud of it, but I'm not gonna sit here and argue with people about it. This is what I do, and this what I'm gonna keep doing.
1: Most dangerous game, your feet uncovered.
0: I'm not. Do you cover
1: your child's feet if you see Anna Lee?
0: I do get really upset. Like you're just gonna sleep out here with just a blanket? Because she's the same way. She doesn't want to make her bed. She doesn't get underneath the covers, or she has. I get Fight the power. Yeah, I get where you have a bunch of laundry piled on your bed, so it's annoying to have so like that feeling of being trapped, or your feet are being smushed because they're, mm-hmm. the bottom's so well tight. Well, anyway, she's that way with laundry. She'll just leave laundry on the foot of her bed, and then decide to curl up with a singular fleece blanket. Uh, it blows a- my a- mind that the kid just wants to be out there.
1: So, so fleece is not monster repellent. Apparently monsters like
0: her like the rest of her body is out or she'll wear a onesie and then just sleep on top of everything instead of being covered. There's no protection. It's like out there with a bike and no helmet. It's
1: because your child's courageous. She's
0: demented.
1: She's got a unicorn head.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. She wakes up looking at a floating giant head and then sleeps with nothing on her body because she's hot. Even though I give her fans, I give her all sorts of sheets. She doesn't even keep the sheets on the bed. She'll kick them off. I can't. I have to have just a comforter on her bed because she can't handle a sheet.
1: Yes, if I'm your daughter, I totally agree with that. No, I, I have, you
0: need a top sheet.
1: I disagree. You need a fitted
0: sheet, a top sheet, and a comforter.
1: Maybe in the Keeps winter her from time,
0: swim sweating on the top sheet. And then you can choose... I'm sweating
1: everywhere if I'm under all these covers. Well,
0: if you have just a top sheet, you're not going to be super sweaty, but you'll be covered and then you'll be safe.
1: Because a top sheet is the monster's kryptonite. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this thing that has like abs.
0: They have nothing to do with the rest of me, but my (laughs) feet. That's That's the opening line because that's what drags me underneath. For some reason, I feel like feet are vulnerable. And if you show it, then they'll grab you.
1: God forbid a monster, you drop a seam ripper on the floor and they just <laughs> see this magical tool that allows them to get under the sheet.
0: They could untuck Red it. Red
1: count? Yeah. Zero.
0: They could untuck it too. You've never had anything here to touch you? Because I'm not chancing it. Maybe I have a vulnerability issue.
1: Maybe. Where can people find you on social media if they, if you want them to?
0: Oh, please don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Where can they find me, Miss Belgian Waffle? That's my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, also email. I guess that's the most uh, that I use. Instagram, emails, Miss Belgian Waffle at gmail.com. Uh, that was because I was an exchange student mm-hmm. for
1: a year. i was gonna tell you, map. tell them that you went to Belgium as your exchange student thing, yeah. and you make and you do make authentic Belgian waffles.
0: Oh, I do like. Ah, oh, man, everyone's take on Belgian waffles in America is completely wrong. If, uh, well, there's two types of waffles. Mm-hmm. And unless it is square and sweet with tons of toppings or misshapen with sugar crystals bursting out the side, it's not a proper waffle. And
1: that's anyway, why she makes I make Belgian real. Love?
0: Yeah, I make Belgian waffles, but also it was like the symbol of Belgium. So when I need to change my email from what it was before, then, you know, you have your middle school email for a while. That's not professional enough. So what do you do? Belgian waffles, you know?
1: I didn't want to know what your middle school email was. Mm,
0: Mallory babe at (laughs) hotmail.com.
1: Well, I thank you for doing this, Mallory. You're welcome.
0: (laughs) All right. Talk to you later. Bye.
1: So that was Mallory Davis. What a fun interview. I think it's interesting how with her poor eyesight that that also adds to her fear. Same with her discomfort with dark water or not being able to see her sleeping towards the door. I wonder if that's an animal thing where you just subconsciously realize that this is my weakness. How can I defend against it? Also, what a dick of a stepdad. Am I right? Like it's one thing to do jump scares every now and then, but to get something and possibly scare someone in a second floor window of a house of a kid that's trying to sleep. Like, What is your goal? That's just above and beyond cruel to me. And as a kid, how can you really remove yourself from that situation? I mean, you're at home. That's where you're supposed to be. That's where you're supposed to feel safe of any age to make them feel scared to be at home. And you just have to grin and bear it as a kid. Like, yep, this is the world I live in. You can follow Mallory Davis on Instagram at Ms. Belgian Waffle. She does have some comedy. She also does a lot of cooking, it's also one of her passions. Since this interview, this was done in late July, early August, she actually has gotten a job. She works for Whole Foods and the beer, wine, and also does gourmet cheeses, which she totally loves because it takes her the best parts of the service industry which is people you know listening to her recommendations on food wine and gives her a job with career advancement opportunities not just a service industry job she can actually move up in the company into something you know in something she really enjoys which is food and and wine as for me i had a great weekend with chris porter thanks to hyenas for the weekend. It was a fantastic show. We had a lot of crowd. Socially distant and safe, but a full room for what we could have. I felt like we had a great time. Thanks again to Hyenas for booking me. As for upcoming shows, nothing set in stone just yet, but you can find me most weekends at the Backdoor Comedy Club. You can check that out on my social media at Ryan Perio. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. That just lets me know I'm doing a good job. And if you have feedback, shoot me an email at somefearfans at gmail.com. But thanks to those who have left a review. And thanks again for those who came out this last weekend in Fort Worth. And now some credits and thank yous for the people that make this show possible. Thanks to Barry Whitewater, who does my graphics and design for my comedy as well as my podcast. You can follow him on Instagram at BWhiteH2O. Get it, Whitewater. Also, a big thank you to Gunnar Olsen for my music. You can follow him on Instagram at GunBuns. That's G-U-N-B-U-N-S. You can also check out his website at gunnerolson.net, And you can check out his awesome EPs and some music he's got coming out. Real excited for him. If you want to follow me on social media, I am at Ryan Perio. On all social media, it's R-Y-A-N-P-E-R-R-I-O. If you want to follow the show, I highly recommend it. Instagram and Twitter is at Some Fear Fans. Facebook group is Some of All Fears. If you, want to, if you have questions for the show or feedback, email me at somefearfans at gmail. If you want to be a guest on the show, also email me at somefearfans at gmail.com. We can make that happen. Please... Keep leaving reviews on Apple Podcast or whatever podcast platform you listen to. I, appreci- I just appreciate seeing that people like what I'm putting out. So if you like what you hear, go ahead and leave a review. I appreciate all of you for listening. And next week, we'll have another guest with another fear. Thanks for listening to The Sum of All Fears.